Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Chris Hoyt with Career Crossroads, uh, and I have some fun folks with me today, and this is kind of an interesting piece. So we have uh, Molly from uh, Otis, we have Curtis from Elanco, uh, and of course, we have Barb, our own Barb Rison. Uh, but it's kind of an interesting approach. So typically what happens at the end of one of our CXR meetings is the team, the CXR team, jumps right off the call and jumps on another call to do a recap of how we think it went. And did we have any big takeaways and what we feel like we might want to do differently or what really, really spoke to us. And what I usually walk away with is like two pages uh, of notes that are scribbles uh, that we then sort of work through and decipher. But we thought this might be a fun time for us to open it up and bring in some of our, our, our meeting participants uh, and leaders who actually uh, were in the meeting to get their insights as well. So Molly, I'm just, I, want, I want you to just really quick, if you just introduce yourself uh, for a second and uh, you know, who you are, what you do at Otis, how long you've been there. And then Curtis, we'll do the same thing with you. And we'll just, let's just have a conversation about how we think it went. Yeah, sure. Um, so nice to meet all of you. My name is Molly Nuring. Uh, I lead talent acquisition at Otis Elevators. Uh, so in addition to all the other fun things, we, we spun this year from United Technologies and became an independent company and listed on the New York Stock Exchange uh, about two weeks after COVID. Uh, <laughs> so it's been one of those years, which has been absolutely nuts. Um, but I've been with Otis for about five and a half years and uh, it's been a really, really interesting last nine months. Uh, so thank you for having me. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. Yeah, it has not been a boring year for many of the organizations. No. <laughs> now, Curtis, I've known you through a, a few iterations of organizations. So it's, we, it's good we have you both on here. This kind of an interesting match. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, so Curtis Dorsey. Uh, Elanco Animal Health. I've been with the organization, uh, depending on how you count the time, 23, uh, 23 years. We actually were formerly part of um, Eli Lillian Company. We actually spun out, uh, you know, about 18 months ago and then decided to, to acquire an organization two-thirds our size and launch Workday and do all those things in the last couple of years. So, uh, so I, can, I can appreciate where, where Otis is, Molly. Um, and I've, I lead Global Talent Acquisition for Elanco um, and have been doing so for the last three and a half years. Fantastic. Now, today's meeting we did it was diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and as you guys know, historically, we have always woven uh, some element of DE&I into our topical meetings. And the topics are usually sourcing, marketing, branding, executive recruiting, leadership, you name it. Uh, but we felt with everything going on, and uh, we made this decision, I guess, gosh, uh, some eight, nine months ago, uh, to begin building out meetings that were dedicated just to DE&I uh, and the challenges that organizations are having. And so that's the meeting that we just wrapped up. Uh, and Curtis, I'm going to pick on you because you went last. Any, any big takeaways? Uh, like, what, how, did, how did you walk out of that meeting feeling? Yeah, I... Uh... And I apologize for some of the background noise. It was perfectly quiet in my house until just a moment ago. Uh, no, I think um, I, one of the one of the things that that I've always uh, appreciated about about the sessions is the uh, the ideation opportunity to to uh, you know tackle tackle real issues that everybody's either all, you know some cases people have already tackled, some people are on the cusp of tackling. 
um, I thought that uh, it was a good mix of sharing as well as I, I like always enjoy the you know the real the real kind of SWAT team you know opportunities to kind of dive in and uh, you know we're we're all trying to wrestle the the D the, the DE and I you know uh, beast down so uh, I walked away with some some great some great pearls in particular around um, some of the create creative ways the different groups tackled the Davida issue. Um, on a, on a, you know, what would relative be a relatively tight budget when you're trying to, to, you know, weave in tools and training and all these things. So that that's always, you know, uh, highly valuable. Yeah, we did a. Uh, for those who might be listening, we did a, a exercise uh, for Davida. Davida proposed a challenge to. I think we had some fifty some odd people on uh, companies. Uh, Davida posted a challenge and said, "All right, here's here's a pocket." of diversity, uh, we have an opportunity for improvement. And they're an incredibly diverse organization, uh, but I appreciated their transparent within a transparency within an area that they really like to improve on. And we, we built an exercise around giving everybody, I mean, it was really an arbitrary number, uh, right? Of here's $100,000, uh, what are you gonna do? And broke into those rooms. I really loved that, I enjoyed it. Um, Molly, how about yourself? Yeah, I have um, two pages of notes <laughs> similar to you, so I think I gotta go back and summarize my thoughts. But um, I certainly, overall, I mean, it's great to to hear people talk about similar issues that we're all having. Certainly, this is a, a hot topic for a lot of us. I think we we started a little bit slow in our first breakout session because it was relatively short and we were trying to kind of find our way into how do we all talk about best practices in kind of a short amount of time. Um, so I would have loved to spend a little bit more time on those top four or five topics we identified in the survey as, hey, I wanna hear more about that best practice like right at the beginning of the meeting because we talked about the top one, but there was four or five I thought were really great. So maybe could have spent a little bit more time there. Um, but then the second breakout I thought was fantastic. I thought having that real business case, everyone was clear on what we needed to do. And, and we had some really good discussion in the room. So that was really helpful. You, you raise up an interesting question. I, I, uh, I wonder of the best practices shared in the beginning, we can go back and look, but I wonder how many of those made the cut when we, when we built an application for them for DaVita, mm. right? So were the, were the top five that organizations yeah they're most proud of, did those make it into the recommendations for DeVita when there was imaginary money to spend? Yeah, that would have been an interesting, interesting thread to pull, pull, pull back, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think the one thing that I maybe, I just constantly is, is going around for me, is only about 10% of our 68,000 employees are in the US. And this topic in general tends to be a very US driven topic, right? Like ethnicity is not talked about in the same way, especially on the global landscape. Um, however, gender and some other categories are. And so would have loved to spend a little bit more time talking about this from a global scale and what are some people doing outside of the US to identify particularly certain countries or in certain regions what does diversity mean to them? And what are they doing about addressing that? Because I think we get a little bit narrow sometimes focused on the US. Clearly that that is the hot topic. And even internally, that's what I spend most of my time talking about. Um, but it's certainly, I think, an area to maybe dig a bit more on um, that's still really important. Well, and I would, I would double click on that, Molly, too, because it becomes also very easy for organizations to just focus just on gender outside the US to try to to pull, yeah, pull, to pull it all together. But there, but there are other elements that, 
that oftentimes I think lose lose focus outside the U.S. because very quickly it, it either feels very very U.S. centric because it's you know race ethnicity etc. or you know there's kind of this broad we're going to focus on gender and and then you miss opportunities sometimes outside the U.S. to to focus on things that from a diversity perspective are very relevant in, in other countries outside of just you know gender. Well, and if if you've ever managed a global team, it's a, it's a really interesting awakening of <laughs> what is what is permissible from a diversity, yes. you know, from an inquiry standpoint and a self ID standpoint, and a, you know, what you can and can't ask, what you cannot ask in Germany versus what you, right. you must go through in Italy versus what you like. It's really fascinating. Oh my God, I would have loved if somebody would just write a book on that. <laughs> like here's here's the questions by country that you need to build into your workday recruitment launch or whatever ATSU uses. Um, they'd make some money because let me tell you, trying to go locally locally through every country and working with legal, working with TA, working with compliance. And there's a lot of misconceptions about what's really required and what's not and what's beneficial to track and what's not allowed. And it, it just, it's a whole um, network of confusion, I think sometimes. Well, it's funny. And it's funny you bring it up, Molly, because we did an EMEA call a few weeks ago that was at 3 a.m. for me uh, that I got on. And when we said, well, what do you guys want to talk about? I was pleasantly surprised that diversity, like, and these folks were in five different countries and they were all, yes, diversity, but not like that, diversity like this. And somebody's like, oh, yes, but I need it like this. Like, it was right. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of things for me that really stood out. And Curtis, forgive me if it was you that said it, and I mentioned this in the end, but really focusing on engagement and retention of diversity, which I thought was really powerful versus the attraction. You know, we all want to do the attraction side and get the pipelines and the slates fixed, but we're not hearing a lot of people talk about engagement and retention of, of URMs. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, it's something that I'm particularly passionate about, and we by no means have it, have it solved. Um, but it's actually something that I had spent some time, had started spending time on when I was at our former parent company because, you know, we'd have, you know, functional areas come to us and say, hey, here's what we need recruiting to do to help us fix our diversity, you know, diversity challenge. And what I started doing, which really started to kind of reinforce the importance of it, is started mapping out, hey, let's talk about what, what you know, from a recruiting perspective, how much of an impact we can help you with. But there's an, also an element of, you know, engagement and retention, right? You gotta, you gotta close the hole because really, in most cases, we're working off of a base of what the turnover is or you know, new spaces that we're moving into where you're building out organizations. And if you don't address both, um, the reality is you can't recruit your way out of, you know, uh, or it will take you far longer to address your diversity issue if you're just trying to attack it with recruiting without you know, also engaging the talent that you have retaining the talent that you have, you actually, because of the size of your base, run the risk of losing more than you're recruiting. And then that yeah. makes from an engagement perspective more difficult because now you have people leaving and then people are saying, hey, how was it over there? And you're like, well, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> and that's not a, that's not a great uh, recruitment marketing uh, tool. But that, that's one of the things that I've begun talking more about is, hey, let's look at you know, what the recruiting role and partnership looks like um, in the context of from an engagement and retention perspective, is once as you tackle that piece, it actually accelerates what we can help with from a recruitment perspective. Yeah, I agree. And you get into that overlap of where talent acquisition and talent management should really be partnering. 
That's right. So I, I feel like we could have done a whole nother, and maybe we maybe we should do, you guys tell me, a whole nother hour on the retention, the engagement. I mean, literally the accountability of DEI and I after the handoff, all the way to the C-suite, because I feel firmly the, the folks sitting up in the big chairs need need some financial accountability, right, to the DEI hiring and, and management piece. I mean, Molly, what, what do you think? Is that, a, is that another segment? Could you have done another hour on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking um, whether it's the connection with talent management, specifically with your diversity, equity, inclusion office, or both, right? It's kind of like, particularly in my organization, those are three different specialties that all roll up into the talent organization. But, and as hard as we work as, as working together, I still don't feel like we're integrated enough in terms of our strategy. And one of the, the golden nuggets I took out of today was that really quarterly EBR review and that not being delivered by TA, that's not delivered by DEI. It's it's everyone coming to the table at one time together and presenting here's where we're at and where we still need to go and you know our opportunities because it's just too siloed too often. And I don't think that leaders are really getting the full picture, which then helps them understand what they could really do to make a difference as well. So I, I think it's, it's a really great point and something I certainly want to spend some more time on. I miss that. That was, uh, that was Cigna. They did uh, the QBR, right? Regrettable losses uh, and yeah. by, by band. They did it by band level yeah. too. Yeah, really tying it all together, right? Because you could also include, here's how many people have been through a certain training module around unconscious bias. Here's what our pipeline looks like, right? You've got so many different pieces that you really got to pull together and do a full strategy. Now you're talking um, about it. Now you're yeah. pulling all the data in, putting, making the pieces work. Bring it together. And I think, you know, probably I wouldn't be surprised. Quite a few different organizations. I don't want to say anyone has written a blank check but right, we were given the opportunity to say, because of all of the social injustice and other issues that are happening, what do we want to do differently? And what is it going to cost, right? Like our, our board has asked us for the action plan. And similar to some of the groups today, our response was, let's look at the data first, and then we'll figure out where we invest our dollars, right? Let's not just start throwing money at things. But again, all of that takes a consolidated approach to, to the budget and to the planning and to letting data lead you where you need to go. That's great. Barb, uh, it was a two and a half hour meeting. Yep. So this is just a quick overview of what we think we want to focus on a little bit more next and, and a big takeaways for each of us. Barb, why don't you take us out with what, what was your, you've been on a, well, almost 60 of these this year with us, right? You've been on all of them. Yeah. Uh, what was a big takeaway for you or something maybe we could have done a little differently or gone a little deeper on? Yeah. Um, well, I think just, be, just based on how I always have the ability, I have the ability to close the, the small breakout rooms, right? And it's always interesting. I have a good sense of how conversations are going based on as soon as I put the notice out that the rooms are closing, if I get a bunch of people that hop back out into the main session or people stay. And I think it was very telling that people stayed because there was still a lot to talk about, um, which does not surprise me at all, that there's still a lot to talk about. I thought it was so interesting at the very beginning and Molly, I completely agree with you. We only got into one of those best practices and I'm not so sure we finished that discussion. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we had people jumping in like, I have a diversity toolkit. I do the QBRs. I mean, we had people popping in. I'm, you know, hiring. Uh, we have specific internal sources now. Just focus on diversity. We've got incentives for our external, you know, search firms. Like, it was so interesting to hear the different resources. Um, and I, I'm excited to have a whole nother meeting focused on just this. I, I loved that we got more 
out of this topic than we have in any of our other meetings, even though we've done specific exercises on DE&I issues, there is clearly a lot to mine and learn in this area. Yeah, yeah, a lot of growth opportunity. Uh, Curtis, Molly, uh, I wanna thank you guys for jumping on after just doing a quick recap with us. I've, I've got even more notes now uh, as a takeaway. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in the next meeting. Absolutely. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time.